So today is Water Baptism Day, which is pretty exciting. We have a couple of willing candidates over in the corner, which will be great. It's a day for, um, for people to make a public declaration of their commitment to the Lord, which is really cool. So I thought, why not share a little bit about water baptism? So we're going to look through a few. Did you get this email? All right, cool. We're going to, um, <laughs> that was Friday night in the caravan down on, down, where were we? Dramana, a long way away, trying our new caravan out. So that was pretty fun. It was cold, but it was fun. Turn with me if you have your Bibles to Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 1. We're going to look at two or three different um, baptisms that have occurred in the Bible. Um, I'll share a little bit about what my baptism was like. It was quite different. Um, And it wasn't different, I guess. It was a bit different. So, you know how... You know how I'm, um, for those that don't know, six foot two, um, not, not terribly short at times, hit your head on the, on the aeroplane when you're walking down and that sort of stuff. The guy that baptised me was five foot flat. <laughs> he was like this sort of size. Are you, are you that tall? That's how tall Charlie was, five foot. So as tall as Miss M. And um, we were down in Warnable. It was the middle of winter, so Warnable in winter is a beautiful time of the day. So we went into the indoor swimming pool in Warnable at the, at the Pines Caravan Park, I think it's called. And we went into the pool and, you know, by the time we sort of got to the level where my level was to be baptised, Charlie was almost up to here, so that was quite funny. But um, I want to share a couple of things today. In, in summary, we get baptised because we're following Christ's example. We get baptised because we're doing it in obedience, because of his righteousness, as a public declaration of our faith in God and the Holy Spirit being welcome part of our, of our journey. For me, it was, you know, I was brought up in the Anglican Church and then moved, moved across the rebellious Uniting Church in the youth group. And um, when we got baptised, it was with a little thumbprint on the, on the forehead when you're a little baby. That was our baptism when I, was, when I was a little child. So I went to this new church with my new wife, as it were, who, uh, who brought me along to this Pentecostal charismatic church called Christian Outreach Centre, which is rather an interesting church, again, quite full on. And I had a whole bunch of questions, and Charlie, Pastor Charlie, little fella, he, he Sat me, I sat down with him and just peppered him with millions of questions and it became obvious to me that baptism was more than just, just a sprinkling. That's an important part, you know, dedicating our children to God is really important. But baptism was to be more of an important thing for me. So when we went in the waters of baptism and I think Charlie got nearly as drowned as I did and I thought to myself at that point the heavens were going to open up and hallelujah choruses were going to be sung, sung all around the place. And I enjoyed, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the baptism. You know, I come back up, thought, wow, that is, you know, like I feel there's something different, there's something going on. But it wasn't until I was driving home, and I might have mentioned this before, I was driving home in my HX Kingswood. Anyone else had a Kingswood? Yeah. So I was driving home in my HX Kingswood by myself because my family was down, long story, but Tracy was showing them how to get back to her house and... And um, for quite some time, I'd heard about this baptism in the Holy Spirit. 
And I thought, oh, okay, that sounds good, why not, you know, whatever. While I was driving home in the car in the Kingswood, taking, I don't know if you've ever been to Warnable, but you head on the Mortlake Road and there's a little curve just as you turn left as you go out towards Mortlake. The Holy Spirit came, came upon me. And I started to speak with the utterance of tongues of other, of other worldly things of God moving through my life. And I thought to myself, what a strange occurrence this might be. For an engineer, we, engineers are generally known as people who are quite um, factual, you know, A to B to C to D sort of people. For someone brought up in an Anglican church, and yet God was good to me. In my little Kingswood, it was gutless, that thing. It was so slow. And yet God spoke right into the heart of me and something from the inside of me bubbled up. The Holy Spirit is a part of this baptism that we're in today. And even, even as Chelsea was um, leading us this morning, you know, just to, just to know that he is around, hey, that he is for us. And... And we can make space in this place for, for him is quite an incredible thing. So when we look through these couple of stories, and even that one of mine, following Christ's example is, is a really important thing for us as Christians. We get baptised in obedience because of God's righteousness. It's a public declaration of our faith in God. So you know what, Jesus, uh, you know John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We believe in God. That's where we get saved. But when we, get, when we go down to the waters of baptism, it's a time where we have a declaration of our faith publicly and the Holy Spirit being a part. So this morning as we share, and even as, even as these guys get water baptised, can I really encourage us to be aware of the Holy Spirit and his presence in this room? And, and really, you know, use your faith to, to extend to the, to the people as they go in to get baptised today. Matthew 3, verses 1 to 6. In those days, so this is John the Baptist when he was baptising people, obviously. Matthew 3, verses 1 to 6. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is come near. This is he who has spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptised by him in the Jordan River. Imagine the sight of a man dressed in camel's hair. Anyone ever ridden on a camel? Would you like to wear a coat made out of camel hair? No. They're funny, feral things. <laughs> Not exactly what I would call a cashmere coat. Not exactly what I'd call a beautiful stallion or something like that to ride on. But a camel's hair. Good stuff. He ate locusts and honey. Anyone with a beard know what it's like to have... Do we have anyone with a beard? Ilias, he's got the best beard. I'll tell, tell you what's going around at the moment. There's some guys with really good beards. Eh? I had a goatee at one stage. Nice. That's about as good as I could do, Ilias. I couldn't go any harder than that. It was all down here and it, 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 was, 
let's just say it's probably good that it was gone. <laughs> Took me till I was 40 to grow that thing. <laughs> I was celebrating it for a while there. I think I was the only one doing it. The kids were saying, gee, Dad, you look a lot younger now. That thing's gone. <laughs> but you can imagine the sight of a man with a big bushy beard. This is what I imagine anyway, eating locusts and honey. And you know when you're eating locusts and honey, keeping stuff off your shirt is really difficult. Imagine keeping locusts and honey off your beard. So he's got two or three days' worth of locusts and honey all dripping around his beard. And yet here he was calling people to repent for the kingdom of God is near, of heaven is near. And people literally went out from Jerusalem. In fact, the Bible talks about the whole of Jerusalem went out. They confessed their sins. They were baptized in the Jordan by him. And it was a very public declaration of obedience to God. John the Baptist was calling the people to repent and turn towards Jesus. Imagine his surprise when Jesus actually turned up. There's a guy that used to play a lot of music in the 80s and 90s called Carmen. Carmel? Carmen? Carmen? Do you remember Carmen? He did this really great skit about, hey, cuz, what are you doing here? You know, why are you getting married? Why are you getting married? Why are you getting baptized? So you can imagine, it's really worth looking up at some point on the line. Jesus, um, during Jesus' baptisms, we see exactly these things again. We see him following God's example because he talks about it being right. We'll read about it in a sec. As a public declaration of his faith, he said, this is the right thing for me to do. And imagine the power when the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. Matthew 3.13 then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be water baptised by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. Have a look at this bit. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfil all righteousness. It's a good thing to get baptised. Even in the sea, in the middle of the bay, <laughs> the bay. When we were getting, when, when Nick, we were getting Nick baptised with um, Beck, we were uh, out there in the bay and a wave came through at just at that right time. And a wave in the bay, right in the middle of your back, is quite a breathtaking experience. <laughs> then John consented, as soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water and look at the Holy Spirit now. And that moment heaven was opened up and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Jesus went down to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And John, I guess, in a similar way, you know when Peter said, Lord, wash my whole body, don't just wash my feet? Jesus said, No, I need you to baptize me because it's the right thing to do. So baptism is the right part, right part of our journey, one of the things to do on the right journey that we have as Christians. We follow Jesus' example. Jesus said that it's proper for us to do this, to fulfill how much righteousness? All righteousness. Amazing, hey? Jesus recognised that it was a part of the journey of righteousness and became a great example for us. I'd like to share one more, just before we, before we hook into baptisms, I'd like to share one more story. It's from um, Acts chapter 9, it's quite long, so I'm just going to read a couple of bits out for you. It's Acts 9, 1 to 18, if you're taking some notes. It's Paul, when, when, the, when the Apostle Paul got baptised. Again, back to, our, back to our, 
the four main points, follow Christ's example in obedience because of righteousness as a public declaration and the Holy Spirit is a key part. Have a look through these, these verses. Um, meanwhile, Saul was still, so Saul at this point was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus and went through and tried to kill people. As he, heard, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice to him saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? asked Saul. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. What an incredible thing, eh? Yeah. Sometimes a bit scary when Jesus talks to us. The men travelling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. Seriously, I just can't do the Greek words. Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. That's pretty direct, isn't it? Don't just wander in and call Saul, Saul. Go to this house, go to this place. For he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hand on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias said, I have got it. I've heard many reports about this man and all the, all of the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here. Ugh. Seriously. <laughs> Technology, it's letting me down. Where did I get to? Uh, excuse me while I just find where I got to. Oh, he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. Like Matt was saying earlier, we are all chosen instruments for God in our own special way. In our own very unique and special way, hey? Nola, unique and special and called by God for a very special purpose and we are all the better for having you in this place but the Lord said uh, yeah I said that I will show him how much he must suffer for my name how would you like that oh, I've been praying God that you visit me and then he comes and tells you how much you're going to suffer for God's name oh boy Back to, back to baptism. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. So here's the Holy Spirit at work. He didn't have to wait for the baptism. He worked. And yet look at what Saul's response were. And he could see again. What's this? One, two, three, four, five words. He got up and was baptised. Baptism. It's an important part. It's a right part of our, of our journey. 
So with Paul, a miracle occurs before Ananias lays hands on him. Paul was immediately healed and was filled with the Spirit. Then he got up and was baptised. Church, can I encourage you, if you haven't already had that journey yet, be a part of it the next time we, we run baptisms here at Bayside. So in summary, because it's that time, in summary, Peter's sermon on Pentecost Sunday really closes this whole thing for us. Acts 2 verse 36, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God made Jesus Lord and Saviour. Repent, be baptised, be baptised in the name of Jesus. For the forgiveness of our sins, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit is empowering us and encouraging us on this journey. Why get baptised? Because we're following Christ's example. We're in obedience because of righteousness. As a public declaration of our faith in God, and the Holy Spirit is a key part of our baptism. Amen.